for many years, and uh, I was deeply moved when I read uh, first what she's going to share with you tonight. Good evening. Now, this is such a difficult and a sensitive topic, but I'll try and share a few, just a few experiences of the apartheid era that I lived in, just to give you some feeling, some idea, sense of, some sense of what it was like for us. And I'm going to be very explicit, but I'm not against anybody. I'm just being practical, and that is what we lived through. Um, now, life in the apartheid era. Personally, I do not want to dwell too much on the past, but building for the future, I believe, cannot be done successfully without knowing the past fully. It's like education. You can't build on something if they don't have the basics. And so that is where I'm going to go tonight, with love. How could you live in an area reserved for whites and say you didn't know what was going on? God's timing is always right. Not our time, but his. When the church approached the above topic in a you and me discussion with church members, I realized that the time had come to add an addition to my previous recorded experiences, which I've been writing in my book at home over the years, and which really highlighted man's inhumanity to man. I was a victim of the apartheid era from day one and before. It didn't only start with the nets, it was there before. I could possibly fill a book but will not go that far. So we'll only highlight a few, just a few. Um, where am I now? Areas, okay. Now what was puzzling for me was the fact that the nationalist government, as far as I know, started with one seat in parliament. How did they become so powerful to eventually become the governing party in South Africa? Who voted and kept them in power for up to 48, 48 years? Well, that's a question. Each white voter, there may not be any in this room tonight, should ask themselves. We had no voting rights and no voting power. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I quote from the tale of, the, of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. Sometimes, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction. But I do believe the truth shall set you free. Having said that, let me relate a few experiences along life's pathways. To forgive, yes, but so painful to erase. 
I remember so well in my youth, we were debarred from all the scenic, beautiful, and safe beaches along the coastline. We could look, but not enter, because of the color of our skin. This resulted in all the younger cousins at a camp out, being caught in a possible riptide at one of these dangerous beaches. It is only through the grace of God that they all survived the ordeal. My husband Edward lost the love and loyalty of his biological brother George, who decided to cross the color line and be reclassified as a white man, thereby rejecting his roots. According to the government census records, he was classified as a member of a so-called colored family. But because of his white skin, sleek brownish hair, and blue eyes, he had the option of being reclassified as a white man. So you see, the whiteness of your skin was a ticket to a privileged life and all its advantages. We lost our lovely family home, which was built according to my father's design to the Group Areas Act for a pittance. When that part of Lansdowne bordering Claremont was declared a white area. Why? Because of the color of our skin. There were two schools close by which I could not attend. I had to go in another direction. Why? Because of the color of my skin. We were debarred from restaurants and hotels of of choice. Why? Because of the color of our skin. On public transport on the bus, we were allocated only two seats in the back of the bus. Some may remember two long seats facing each other where you had to hold on for dear life should you slip off at a sharp turn. The alternative being Upstairs on those double-decker buses, whether you were old, carried a baby on arm, disabled or blind. Why? Because of the color of your skin. The trains with its whites-only boards had separate carriages according to the color of your skin. There were even separate churches, as if there's a separate God. according to the color of your skin. On the whole, <coughs> excuse me, on the whole, in virtually every area of our lives, you were treated and you were sidelined according to the color of your skin. It is 2018. Is it still happening? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I remember prior to the election that there was a show called District 6. Some of you may remember it. It showed for months at the theater. 
The stage show focused on the forced removal of the colored people of District 6. But remember, there were many other areas that were also affected. In the play, there was laughter, sadness, and tears, which touched my heart to the core. Scores of whites formed part of the nightly audience. That sounded a positive note. And I thought <clears throat> that would have a good impact on election results to counter the nets. But it seems that for many of them, it was just an evening of theater entertainment. The message was lost. The nationalists came into power again with a landslide victory. Men have become insensitive to the suffering of people of color. My husband was a great sports administrator in our community. When a research was done on his major contribution by the Department of Sports Science of Stellenbosch University, these words were recorded in the African Journal for Physical Education, Health Education, Recreation and, and Dance of June 2011 as part of his memoirs. Let me quote from the journal, as this will be forever part of South African sports history, as documentation is to be found in the archives in Cape Town as well. An American warship docked in Cape Town, I'm going years back, harbor the Colored Affairs Department, contacted Henderson <coughs> for the purpose of arranging a baseball match, but only black crew members would be allowed to play against the so-called coloreds. The government was obsessed with race, so no contact was allowed with the white baseball players, so the with the white baseball players on board. So Henderson's union and the ship's captain terminated the proposed game. The following is what the white South African baseball board's president, G.R. Williams, circulated as a guide for the touring American white baseball team. And one paragraph in the journal reads, on no account must you mix with a native class as black or the colored, the half caste or half white. The coloreds and the blacks are servants to the whites and there the association ends. That is just part of the environment and climate I grew up in, in my beloved country. The emotional impact it had is difficult to put into words. Only those I feel who have traveled this road will truly understand. Alan Payton could not have given his book a better title, Cry, My Beloved Country. I always remind myself that for me, love is a verb. With God's help, I have moved on and tried to live out God's commandment 
of living, uh, of loving the Lord my God with all my heart and loving my neighbor as myself. That is why I am here at Connect. I want to love my neighbor as myself. For many years, I was part of a few black dots in a predominantly white congregation. But I do love you all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>